Hey guys, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Adam Atkinson. We're in episode four in our off-season training series, and uh, we're going to talk about volume distribution. I already mentioned that some of the some of the heavyweights in our industry, in terms of research, have tried to pinpoint exactly how often you should train each muscle group, how much volume you should include. But as Adam and I have been discussing through this series, there there is an artful physiological way to do this that can be best. So Adam, you've already said that strength work should be preeminent. When you're fresh, when your tendons aren't sore, your joints aren't inflamed, that's when you're going to do your dedicated strength work. Then we can start filling in with maybe some hypertrophy or, or other types of work. So I know we've mentioned a lot about glute training because that's the current um, kind of honeypot within the, the industry in terms of who's doing what and how do I get my glutes to be shaped exactly perfectly. Um, but let's let's just talk about some other broad aspects like the back, like let's say lats, you know, rhomboids, traps, you know, all of that muscle tissue in the back with all the different angles you can train from training, you know, lighter, heavier compound movements like deadlifts versus bent over rows, pendulum rows, pull downs. Um, how would you program something like that? Like if, if I were your clients, pro bodybuilder, I need the most mass I can. I want everything, Adam, give me the best protocol ever. How would you write that up for my back in a in a week or however you would define a training block? Yeah, so definitely, you know, back being a large muscle group, tougher to recover from. It's probably only going to be twice a week at that level versus, you know, something like glutes that are a little bit smaller. I think you can sometimes sneak in a third day. Um, again, sometimes depending on the person. But uh, I usually with back wouldn't go over twice a week, um, you know, probably starting with deadlifts for everyone as long as there's no lower back issues and uh, no form or functional issues there. Um, you know, one might be a five by five deadlift where the next week might be, you know, um, you know, three or four sets of 10 just to limit that load. Um, arguably I like rack pulls. If you're going to overload the lats, uh, you can't pull any heavier weight than pulling it from the pins. Uh, there's a lot of debate about that, but, um, I've seen it work and I, I really believe in it. I get sore from doing it. Um, and if you're activating the lats properly in the rack deadlift, you're going to be set, um, and then I will pair that with some rowing, um, whether it be pen lay rows, bent over rows. Um, I'll change up hand positions with uh, underhand, overhand. You do want to make sure, especially with back, people aren't um, really overemphasizing width. Um, I see that being a really common occurrence. Everyone thinks that they need to grab like the very tips of the lat pull down bar to get wide. Um, you can start causing a lot of issue with the uh, forearms and tendonitis with that. Um, you want to grip where you can pull pretty comfortably. Um, another variation, since I work with a lot of females, um, maybe chins or narrow grip pull-ups to start until they get to a point they can do them and then maybe a slightly wider grip, but nothing, you know, too extreme once they're able to physically do a pull up. Mm -hmm. And that, so you bring up a great sidebar moment here, which, you know, when you're talking about hand position and so forth, totally, totally not associated with volume distribution at this point, but we, we have not spoken about this yet. 
So to, to create that closed pack joint position and get the most, you know, biological maximum threshold force within the sarcomeres of each muscle fiber, it does matter the direction of angle of pull. And so, for example, something as innocuous as knowing that, okay, that the lats, latissimus dorsi, uh, insert on the upper arm, the, uh, the humerus, and it doesn't just, just extend and, and adduct the, the shoulder joint, it actually internally rotates as well. So knowing that maybe a little bit of freedom of motion and internally rotating for some of those movements in a row is better than just a straight barbell. You know, sometimes a one-arm dumbbell row allows you to do that with a, a different, you know, pseudo angle within that movement. But anyway, that's just how complicated this uh, this topic can be, guys. So so please dig deeper than just our, our series here. But what I liked about what you said about that volume distribution is saying, okay, here's what we did in the beginning to focus on fast twitch muscle fiber, heavy compound movements for strength. And then we picked up during the week for some extra hypertrophy work, maybe some of the muscle tissue that wasn't fully maximized because obviously in a deadlift, you're not going to you know contract everything completely as we've been talking about those sarcomeres and Z lines. So any, any final comments about just maybe different ways that you approach volume? You know, if somebody's asking you, man, you know, coach, I want to train six times a week or five times a week. Is, is there a time when you say, look, man, just, just time out. We got to, we got to give your body a break and, and move you to this different position. Yeah. So, you know, volume can be auto-regulated based on how your clients feel. Um, the email I just did before here with uh, Chelsea, I told her to pull back to three off days, which I just had her do last weekend too. Um, so she's going to kill me, but she, you know, there's times you need to pull back and relax. And um, she's one of those girls who probably pushes a little harder than I'd like her to in the gym. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just being a great athlete. And I, as a coach, more great athletes. I'm running into more problems of pulling people back where in the beginning of my career, it was getting people to do as much as I wanted. <laughs> and that's just it. I mean, you can't overstate both sides enough. Of course, stimulation matters. The kind of stimulation you impose on your body is what forces growth, but you grow once you're outside of the gym. That's why the recovery side, sleep included, is critical. So uh, we are going to finish this in the fifth episode, guys, talk about how to create these training progressions and how much thought needs to go into it. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time as we wrap up this series in Contest Prep University.